Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you're with the real double L team, <laughs> Lyle and Liam. Good morning, Lyle. How are you this yeah, morning? Yeah, doing great this morning. That's good. Yeah, what are you thankful for this morning? This morning, I am thankful for a pet dog that we've got at home named Rosie. She has been really amazing to sort of keep things real and keep things active at home. And yeah, it's been really nice to get outside and play with her. So what was your dog's name again? Rosie. Rosie the yeah. dog. Big shout out to Rosie the dog I this know. morning. She's lovely. She's gorgeous. Yeah, okay. What are you thankful for this morning? I am thankful this morning for... We moved. Yes, I heard about that. We are we are no longer in Allendale. We are now in Western. We moved. It's done. You, the, the, the job is over. There you go. Now you just got to unpack all the boxes and yeah, yeah, yeah. Get all that done. But there's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of things that I'm particularly thankful for, and one of them being that we were able to get this job done uh, in a minimum amount of time, and we were able to get it done before the total lockdown comes in. Oh, that's good. We were, you know, as the as the day was approaching, you're just sort of starting to think: Is this even? Are we even going to be allowed to do this? Yeah. With you know the various stages of lockdown that are coming through, and and uh, well, for whatever reason, the stages have held off, so that we were actually able to do our move, and it's done. And now we can relax and let the you know stage four or whatever come in when when it comes in. And while you're in lockdown, then that's when you can really focus on unpacking boxes. So really, yes, it's all sort of working out, kind of, pretty well. yeah. Well, we'll still be doing radio. Yes, radio is not going to stop. No. Breakfast show. We're here to we're here to stay with you guys. We're not going to let you guys down. We love you guys, and so we will be here even if we have to broadcast out of our bedroom. This is a reminder: you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. So coming up in today's news, uh, we're going to try. Well, it's a little bit hard, you know. How do you avoid talking about the coronavirus? I do have one non-coronavirus story. I've got one story that starts off with coronavirus, but then drifts off into something that's. So we're going to go. To, we're going to travel to Antarctica, amongst other places, oh. and I think Liam's going to talk about babies at some stage. Indeed, plenty of stories to talk about babies. Coming up now, though, the teachers with run. When I'm filled with doubt and I lost my way, when I just can't seem to keep trouble at bay. When the world seems full of chaos and dismay, I run to you, you're my saviour, all my grace, cause I run to you in all my desperation. Save me 
back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You're listening to the Double L team. That's right, the real Double L team. The real one. The real one. Just, just reminding you just all, remi- just in reminding you all, I hear that there was some subversion going on while I've think, been away. Mainly it's house. reminding me more than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. No, nah, it's all good. Look, hey, what have we got for our um, quiz? Our quiz this morning. All right, this is a what book am I? So clue number one. My last verse reads, I will plant Israel in their own hands. Oh, sorry. I read that wrong. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted, says the Lord your God. What book does that verse come from? Oh, that's a really good clue. Indeed. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call if you know the answer to that one. I'll be impressed if you get that one. I don't have it. 0491 if you want to send us a text message. Uh, so, yeah, give us a call right now. See if you can have a crack at this one. See if you can get it right. What book is the one where Israel will be planted in their own land? Indeed. Okay, so what's happening in positively different news? Liam? So, we were speaking about babies before. Um, so, I have... A bunch of wonderful baby stories, but I'll start where this where this rooted from. So this we're going to America to the Bronx. There was two officers that attended a call that was made at twelve forty a.m. It was Sunday morning, but yesterday morning because in America, yes, right now it's still Monday. Anyway, it was American Sunday, but the equivalent of our Monday. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was really early in the morning, 12.40 a.m. There was a 31-year-old woman going into labor in her bedroom, in the bedroom of her apartment. And the two officers that were attending the scene, they requested an ambulance to come and help. Uh, however, due to the coronavirus and everything that's happening with that, there was a bit of backlog and they couldn't get an estimated time of arrival. And it turns out that they wouldn't have gotten one anyway. So what they had to do is that, well, they, they had a plan to transport the lady themselves to the hospital, but there was no time. And there was one, <laughs> there was a quote that, that, that they said, there was something they said to one reporter that I think is a classic dude in a giving birth situation. She said, she was obviously going into labor, contractions weren't very far apart, which is, you know, fair enough. We kind of braced ourselves on either side of her, holding her hand and trying to, you know, reassure her, like, Miss, come on, push. You can do it, right? We're here for you. As you do. As you do. Uh, and I just thought it was that was a very classic, you know, man. I, I'd, I'd imagine th- these two officers, one of them was 27, the other one was 29. They might have never been in that situation before. I'm pretty confident they wouldn't have yeah. been. It's one of those situations that, uh, you know, you're usually usually only there as a father in a hospital yeah. kind of thing and you just sort of let the professionals take care of it. So I'm, I'm, the thing I'm getting from this is that when it does come, come time for them to give birth to their own kids, they should be experts in supporting oh, their wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. They'll, be, um, they'll, they'll, they'll be just like, yeah, home birth, no worries Because I'm, I'm sure their wife would have given them a real talking to after they after explaining how they how they encouraged this lady but this got me thinking about some of the um some of the births i've been a part of uh, i am the eldest of, you've been a part of some births yes i am the eldest okay, of okay so so of, you're like what 20 and you and and you said births so that's multiple multiple and when i multiple say multiple births that you've been a part of i mean of. a very shallow supporting role a very 
I, I was <laughs> I've got five younger brothers so I'm the eldest of six boys so there are six very unique stories amongst all of us and I just thought are you old enough to remember all of them I am in, well not from memory but from like from me being there but from dad telling the stories enough times okay but you would have you would have sort of you know I, been there when mum runs off to hospital I, on a number of occasions I, I remember uh, from 2005 okay. 2005 was from the last the, the first birth that I remember but yep. it started off with me way back in 1999 yep. I uh, when I went for a to, to the doc- my mum went to the doctor because I was a bit late and oh by the way just before I get into these stories I just thought that I'd start telling all the stories because they're amazing stories and I love them um, but yeah my mum went into labour oh, she didn't go into labour sorry she was sort of just uncomfortable and I was late so she went to the doctor and the doctor was going to induce labour um, with however they did it back then but felt that I was in the wrong position turns out my toes were in my ears and I was facing the wrong way so I had to go for an emergency c-section um, so that was a little bit exciting yeah um, another thing exciting about my birth is that I later found out that my the doctor that birthed me um, he was sent to prison for uh, overdosing one of his patients so that was exciting too that's very exciting oh, yeah. glad to, glad to have you uh, here today Liam you yeah. survived that oh, yeah. particular doctor so that was all good um, so that was an exciting birth number one. Birth number two, my next brother Brody, was in 2001. That wasn't very exciting in my opinion. I mean, he thinks it is, but it's, it's a competition. He probably doesn't remember it's, it. It's a competition amongst all of us, and obviously my birth is the most exciting. Um, but because I was a cesarean, my mum's uh, abdomen, the lower, the part where the baby has to push his head through, it was a bit tight because of the scar tissue. Sure. So he had to get pulled out with a pair of tongs. Oh, yeah. Um, good old forceps. Yeah, or, those ones. You would have come out with a cone head. Yeah, something like that. Um, so that was that was that birth. The next birth, that is, is debatable, debatably one of the most exciting ones going around. So my mum went into labour. I don't remember because... So she's was, well practised by now. She's she is, number three. Yeah, she was so number like, three. Yeah, piece of cake, got this. Um, and on the way to hospital, it, was, it got quite bad. And my brother crowned so his head just just popped through yep um not fully but partially and so mum decided no this isn't the time yet i want to be at hospital so she pushed him back in at this point (laughs) at this point dad pulled over behind uh, uh, some police officers and said listen mate my wife is giving birth do you reckon you could come in and and give us a police escort to the hospital and he was very calm about this because obviously he was quite experienced too there was an older police officer and a younger police officer the older one was obviously a bit more experienced. He was like, yep, sure thing, no worries. The younger police officer was a little bit more sceptical and he came in and looked in my mum's, uh, uh, my mum, and um, she said, he said, you're in a bit of a situation there, miss. And she said, yes, that's right. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> I just pushed the microphone away to say that. Um, <laughs> so, she, so the officer got the idea and, and off they went. And as soon as my mum was on the, on the bed, Outslipped my little brother. Yep. So that was he was ready. To, he was ready to come. He yeah. was like, "What's the hold up here?" Oh yeah. Let he me out was, already. He was keen as a bee. Number three. Now, uh, so that was number three. Number four was born on the toilet. Mum was um, at hospital. She made it there this time safely, and she sat down on the toilet and just felt pretty comfy there, and um, decided, you know what, I'm just going to stay here. This is the place to be. Um, okay. So, so yeah, number four was born on the toilet. Number five, he was on the way to the hospital. Mum just, she, she, from previous experience of number three, crowning, she was like, you know, you know what? I'm not going to wait this time. I'm going to do it right here. So she pulled over on the side of the road and gave birth 
on the side of the road. She pulled over. Sorry, she was with my auntie. Um, At this point, what was happening around this time was my dad was getting ready to... My dad was in, in at Avondale studying to become a teacher. So we were in Perth. And we were getting ready to move. Um, so they didn't really time that well. Um, but these things happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, so he... So your aunt pulls over and... And um, out he comes. And me being the... Um, I like to hold on to things that are meaningful. So I kept... I, I On behalf of my brother, I kept the seat cover that was on the car. Um, and I would, that was what my plan was. And my mum said, that's a bit gross. So I just cut out the little logo that was on there, which was of a fancy dragon... Um, and that brings us to number six. Who was born at home? Mum decided that she loved holding the baby, uh, number five, all the way to the hospital. She wanted to do that again. So, well, by the time you get to number six, it's kind of hard to get to the hospital in time. You yeah. know, often they uh, they come in a bit of a hurry. She probably could have like, done it by herself by then. Probably and plenty of practice. And it's like, well, there's no big deal. What do I need to go to hospital for? <laughs> That's it. Kind of how these things go. God's great mercy, we have been born anew into a living home. Hope that is life, life that is true. The one who lifted up Christ from the tomb raises us to. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Percival Smith with Born Anew here on The Breakfast Show. Very, very appropriate to the stories that Liam has just been sharing with us. Indeed. So that was Born Anew. Now it's time for clue number two on this Tuesday. Oh, no, that was stretched out too far. The last one was too far. Oh, no. It's that type of morning, isn't it? This is what happens when a pan- global pandemic happens. It's just, it starts to mess with our heads, doesn't it? Okay, all right, very good. What have you got for us? I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. Okay, clue number two. This book contains the words of a shepherd of Tekoa concerning what he saw two years before the earthquake. What book oh. was that in? If you know the answer, give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or you can send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you are the first person with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of To Know God by Morris Winton. That is not the correct answer. So that means that... Double prize is still available. Double prize is still available. He was pretty unsure of that one. Anyway, for more serious news around the world, we did promise that we would go to Antarctica because we're trying to get away from the coronavirus. Maybe that's where we should all go. No, maybe that's where one or two of us should go. Maybe. And then we'd be safe from the coronavirus. Yeah. I wonder whether anyone in Antarctica has... I wonder whether it's reached that particular continent yet. I actually think that that is the only... I heard... This was... A week ago. So, it's a possibility that may have changed now. But a week ago, that was the only continent that had not yet been touched by the coronavirus pandemic. Did you know it's not actually a continent? The island. It's an archipelago. If you melt all the ice, it becomes an archipelago. Right. Ah, yeah, because the sea levels will come up and it'll cease to be a continent. And it'll become an archipelago, I am told. I don't really know whether that's true or not, but that's what I've been told by those who know things. <laughs> Them. And we know they say, we they, know say some things, they say but they say not absolutely you know how it anyway. goes. Anyway, Antarctica. Where was my story on Antarctica? I had it right here. Uh, so while the planet is taking a breath with uh, coronavirus running around, uh, the first ever heat wave um, is being recorded reported on coming out of Antarctica. Of course, this took place between January twenty three and twenty six. Takes a little while for the news to get up. Uh, up here from there, but they like to do their research before they send it through and just see how things are being affected by it. Where you had three days when the low temperature, three days of no frost in Antarctica at, at, at Casey Station in Antarctica. So this is not out on the peninsula where sometimes you get some warmer weather. No, 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 no. This is down at Casey Station. Three days with no frost. Every day was above the low was above zero. And one night they had a low of 2.5. Wow. That's a pretty warm night for Antarct- for Casey Station down in Antarctica. I wouldn't like it um, at that temperature. But the lowest high, uh, the lowest high temperature was 7.5 and they topped out at 9.2. So that's uh, really quite comfortable. You know, you could, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was uh, scientists who were heading outside and catching some sun. Indeed. On those... In, the, in those conditions right there. And I think this is all opposed to the, the regular low temperatures that are in the mid to negative 10 degrees. So For that time of year, absolutely. It's pretty ridiculous. It's, um, they're, they're calling it the first heat wave that Antarctica has ever experienced. Is that right? wonder whether they will have one next year. It will be interesting to see what the... I don't know if they will. It, it Simply will... Because with all the coronavirus, it's, it's reduced the economic footprint. 
Is that the right word? No, That's not the right the, word. The, the global warming, the greenhouse gas emissions that, that <laughs> each country has been emitting, emitting. I'm not a big... I, I don't know a lot about this, so I make words up until it makes sense. Okay. All right. So, the long and the short of it is that it is drastically reducing pollution around the world. And it will be fascinating to see just how much that changes our world. You Indeed. Know? And what, is it does to, what it does to the climate, whether it actually has a measurable effect. I'm sure it will have a measurable effect somewhere. I've been hearing a lot less from the... You know, the Greta Thunbergs of the world. Um, the, these I young, think they're all in lockdown, aren't they? Yeah. So I don't know if it's because they're in lockdown or because things are actually happening that are benefiting, benefiting the world. Um, but yeah. Anyway, here's something to benefit the world. Um, a pastor, church pastor in Plymouth in the UK decided to lighten up his Sunday service. Got a little bit hot under the clerical collar when he set himself on fire while live streaming his service from home. That's so. Um, yeah, this guy's from Plymouth. Wow! And he decided to, you know, kind of make his his church the service. The fire of bit. the Holy Spirit was with him that day. Well, and more so, and and, and, and more. You know, it was uh, the fire of the candles that he had in his living room also. So yeah, basically, what happened was that he was, you know, decided to to make his his live stream from home, which is how we're all doing it these days as uh, church pastors, uh, a little bit more authentic. And so in his church, he typically has candles. And so he lights up these five candles um, and has them kind of like a part of his set. You know, he's, he's there at home. Well, he leans a little bit close to one of them and suddenly his favorite preaching jumper becomes his holy jumper because Ooh. it catches on fire. <laughs> wow. And, yes, so, um, of course, he was able to put that out very quickly, but it has turned into, you know, one of those more humorous um, outtakes, coronavirus outtakes. If you've got a coronavirus outtake from somewhere, I know that um, on this previous Saturday, I had a doozy of a one. So I was doing a youth program, yeah, and, of course, we were all getting set up there was somebody else who was doing announcements from a different room. Yeah. And while they're doing announcements, uh, the producer who was in oh, my yes, room with this. me was like, yeah, jump up there in front of the camera. We just want to get the lighting right. We'll get the focus correct and you know, move around a little bit. So I'm standing up there and sort of you know, stretching the back, stretching, stretching all of the uh, stress, you know, crinkles Picking out. Your nose. Not Thankfully, quite. I wasn't. <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen. But, yeah, it was funny nonetheless because what we didn't know was that everybody got to see that. Until somebody suddenly, someone came running in. You're live. You're on air. It's like, ooh, oops. <laughs> Maybe we should. Hello. <laughs> we didn't have sound, so they didn't catch the conversation between the producer and myself as we were checking you know, sound levels and all those kind of things. Um, the sound was coming through from the other room, thankfully. But they were seeing me instead of them, and uh, or maybe both of us. I'm not sure exactly, but it was uh, it was all out yeah, there. So fun, fun times. What a doozy. So yeah, if you've got some if you've got some uh, blooper reels, please post them. We do want to see them. One of the most important um, one of the most important aspects of building resilience during a time of crisis is through humour. Indeed, and it's been great to see the amount of humour that has been going around on the internet. Indeed. There's so many uh, just awesome corona memes and this kind of stuff getting around. But uh, on to more serious serious things, um, in the United States is now leading the world in infections, 122,000. Um, a third of all people who have died have died in Italy, so they've lost over 10,000 out of uh, around about 33,000 who have died. Um, so it's a bit of a warning to the rest of us. Here in Australia, of course, you've all heard the news. Social gatherings of no more than two um, at any given time. 
Um, of course, that does not include your family and who you are living with, but once you leave your property or go to somebody else's property, that is the restriction. Of course, in Tasmania, they've rolled out the uh, ADF, the Australian Defence Force, uh, along with the police to enforce these rules with a $16,800 fine if you break them and six months in prison. Wow. So getting pretty severe down there. Um, So here's an interesting one. Who's been suffering with hypochondria this week? I probably have a little bit. Yeah, I think most yeah. of us have uh, <coughs> coughed a little oh, bit. Excuse like, me. Excuse oh, me. Have, excuse I got, me. Ha- have I got the virus? You know, you get that little bit of a tickle in your throat and suddenly the more you think about the tickle, the worse it gets. I got that last night. So one test that the international, the international study by the British Rhinological Society and the Association of Otorhinolaryngology. Do you want me to try Oh, you're good. I'm all good. <laughs> all right. I got there. Have both come out to uh, publish a joint uh, a joint paper saying that one of the one in third uh, sufferers from coronavirus, uh, one of the first symptoms they get is a loss of the sense of smell and taste. So one of those things that you can do early on if you can still smell and taste. But uh, the problem kind of with that is. Is uh, and of course Liam's got a big tin of Milo here. We're gonna have to. I'm just, um, trying, I'm just trying to see if I can still smell it. We, we and have to treat, taste it. Yeah, see if we can just smell t- it. Yeah. Um, and give this one a go. The problem is that of course as soon as it starts to go around in your head, like oh, have I lost my sense of smell? You won't be able to smell a thing. Yeah. That's how the brain works. Um, so yeah, a third of people in uh, Germany and South Korea they notice have lost the sense of smell and taste. All right, so, of course, um, we are mostly at stage three here in Australia, so you can only leave your house for the purpose of food, exercise, limit of two people, of course, uh, medical care or work and education. Other than that, you're in lockdown. Um, Stage four, of course, is total lockdown, as we've seen in Europe. So that's probably just around the corner. This is The Corner Room. servant shall prosper he shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted as many were astonished at you his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of men
Our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be God's hands and feet in your communities, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Remember to call your friends and family and ask if there's anything they need, whether it's food, some toilet paper, or just a chat. Little things like this make a big difference to loved ones who just want to know that you're safe and sound. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. again, that's why I say, oh, Lord, do me like you did, Daniel, and stand by, stand by, well, sometimes I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulder, and it's all in vain, but when I begin to feel weak along the way, you come. Ten times harder than it ought to be Just like you delivered them, Father I know you can deliver me, oh Lord I'm calling you, Jesus Stand by Stand by When I'm sick, Father Stand by When a doctor walk away from my bedside Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. It has come time for clue number three on our quiz. I was thinking about doing a, making it like the... Here's what was in my head. I was going to do clue number three for our Tuesday 
on the thing, but I, I didn't want to make everyone's ears hurt. So I'll just do regular clue number three. Here we go. Again, what book am I? And this is a quote. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. So if you think you know the answer and you are the first person to call in, you will be receiving a copy of To Know God by Morris Venden. The number to call is 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text at 0491-064-669. So joining us on the phone this morning is uh, Dr. Paul Wood. He's the Director of Adventist Health for the, I believe, the Trans-Pacific Union. Is that correct, uh, Paul? Hello, hello. Um, oh, okay, so let's just uh, get the right button switched on here. Paul, are you there now? Yes, I am. Wonderful. And you're right. Okay, so you're Director of Adamant Health for the Trans-Pacific Union, so that's a large swathe of territory. Um, uh, how, how big of a, big of a just for our listeners, how, much, uh, how many countries do you um, work with and what kind of countries are they? Yeah, it's about uh, 10 countries in total, while so... Includes Fiji, Solomon Islands, uh, Vanuatu, Nauru, Tuvalu, Tonga, Samoa, and the list goes on. Now, with these um, island nations, obviously, you know, these are a lot of developing countries here. Um, how well equipped are they to deal with the coronavirus pandemic? And what are your expectations uh, for these countries as this uh, pandemic sort of increases around the world? Yeah, look, as as we speak, there's currently five cases of coronavirus in Fiji, and we're hoping that it's contained. But um, these countries are really struggling with non-communicable diseases like diabetes, like heart disease, for example. So their health resources are already stretched already. And um, if you add a coronavirus pandemic to the whole equation, it, it really is going to stretch these countries significantly. So, you know, really hoping the virus is contained in these countries, but um, if, it, if it does break out, um, I, I fear what the future will be in terms of the healthcare systems of these countries. From your experience working with these countries, how good are they at public health measures such as uh, quarantine and so forth? Yeah, look, they get plenty of support from organisations like the World Health Organisation and other similar organisations. So there's a lot of support in place. I know Fiji's doing a very good job at presence. Um, Vanuatu is in lockdown. There's no cases there as yet, but they're being very proactive about trying to avoid testing the virus uh, in those countries. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's a good thing, particularly um, you know the vulnerability as you mentioned before. Now, Doctor Doctor Paul Wood, I'm wondering whether I can ask you some questions directly about coronavirus itself. Um, We hear so much information. We're flooded with information. Social media, of course, now is the main source of media that people are consuming. And it leaves us in a situation where we don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Um, So much misinformation that is going around. It's it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) you sort of, there's something new every day. I'm wondering whether we can dispel a few myths this morning, but let's can we can we start by talking about what kind of a virus this is and what makes it different from say your normal flu virus or something like that? Yeah, so so the coronavirus is actually a cold virus. So the common cold that we're all used to experiencing, um, the majority of cases are due to a virus called the rhinovirus, 
but a small percentage of cases, around about 5% or so, are actually due to this family of viruses called the coronavirus. And um, what we're dealing with now is a particularly virulent form um, and one that unfortunately is a bit, makes you a bit more sick than the usual cold. Um, you know, we're seeing deaths associated with this. So, yeah, it's just a very aggressive form of, of one of these families of viruses that, that does cause the common cold. Okay, so um, obviously, you know, when we talk about the common cold, how does this that differentiate from the flu? Because we talked about, we often talk about cold and flu, and we get immunisations for, you know, say, uh, you know, the, the the flu season, that kind of thing. What's the what are the differences here? Yeah, so the, the common flu is it, it's a different family of virus again, but you know, there's a bit of overlap in terms of some of the symptoms. So normally, when you think of colds, you think runny nose, with a sore throat, uh, maybe give a cough. But, um, you know, with some of these viruses, they do have some similarities with the influenza virus. So I guess similarities here would be some people get the body aches and pains. And, um, you know, that's something we typically see with with um, with a, a flu-like illness. Um, also, fevers, often in a, in, a, in a minor cold, the common cold would be just a very low-grade temperature. But, um, now, you can get higher-grade temperatures with the, uh, with the coronavirus. So symptom-wise, a little bit of overlap. So... You know, I, I guess pre-coronavirus, if people were coming in with, with symptoms um, like a fever, like um, a cough, um, sore throat, you might be thinking, and, and body aches and pains, you might be thinking this is influenza. Um, but, you know, now obviously coronavirus is on everybody's radar um, and that's what's being, being tested for. So a little bit of overlap between the symptoms, uh, not quite typical of the usual cold symptoms. Okay, so one of the things that is floating around on social media a lot um, and for some reason, and this is just my anecdotal observation, it seems to be coming from you know the baby boomer generation uh, more than anybody else. There seems to be this this attitude of you know the, the the flu killed so many more people you know per year. You know people die from pneumonia, people die from this. Why are we even worried about this particular virus? So why are we so worried about it that we are prepared to? destroy our own economies to save ourselves from this virus? Yeah, look, it's a very good question. Um, and I, I guess as we're seeing this pandemic play out, I mean, you look at the figures in the United States right now, the United States is now leading the world in terms of the cases um, of coronavirus. So uh, for recollection last night, when I looked at the figures, I think New York alone had had about 1,000 deaths due to coronavirus. So look, Primarily, the, the number of deaths that we're seeing is, is, is primarily in the older age group um, or people with other health, uh, significant health issues like diabetes, like heart disease, um, chronic lung problems, for example. But we are seeing some cases of this, of this virus taking out young people. Um, in my own profession, you know, seeing doctors getting taken out, young doctors in their prime taken out by this virus as well. So, you now while it's certainly the older generation and those with underlying health issues who are really ones that need to be concerned about it is affecting young people as well. Um, it's not quite on a scale yet of the of the Spanish flu, the, um, the 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 big pandemic we had in the early 1900s. Um, but you know, in terms of rates of of, of deaths, um, people are certainly comparing it to that. Although we've got a little way to go yet. So yeah, I, I think I think the extent of this this pandemic is still being played out, uh, and it's certainly rising at a very alarming rate. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the Spanish flu because it seems that, and uh, you can correct me on this 
um, because you're the doctor here, but uh, the Spanish flu, from my understanding of it, was something that attacked young people with strong immune systems, whereas this one attacks older people with weak immune systems or, you know, younger people with weak immune systems. What's the difference here? Why is why does one flu go one direction and the other go the other direction as far as the immune system goes? Yeah, look, we, we do see that with, with certain forms of influenza virus. You know, some years we've had years where the influenza virus does target young people with the healthiest immune systems. And so what happens then is the these very active immune systems overreact to the virus and actually end up destroying the body's own uh, tissues, like, you know, the lungs, for example. Um, it, there are some forms of flu, however, where it's, it is primarily the old people, those with, with weakened immune systems that we do see targeted. That's, that's the case here with the coronavirus. It's primarily it's people with weakened immune systems. Um, and, and getting back to Pacific again, this is one of the concerns with, with so many people with diabetes and other non-communicable diseases um, with already weakened immune systems is how they're, going to, how they're going to respond to that. Okay, so clearly there's no cure for the coronavirus, but if it is taking out people with the, you know, compromised immune systems, then I guess one of the keys for us right now is to be doing all that we can to uh, boost our immune uh, our immune system. Uh, would that be a good medical response? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the first line approach is obviously avoid getting exposed to the virus in the first place, um, and that's where the government's focus has been on in terms of encouraging us with social distancing, with um, good hand hygiene, cough etiquette, those kind of things. Is avoid getting exposed to the virus. So, you know, it's a it's amazing how often we, for example, just rub your faces. I'm actually doing it right now. But, um, <laughs> you, know, you, you rub your nose, rub your eyes, and unfortunately, if your hands are contaminated with the virus, there you go, you, you, you've easily inoculated yourself. So um, simple hygiene methods can go a long way towards preventing exposure. But then if we do get exposed to it, what's our next line of defence? And that, that has to be your immune system. And look, in terms of the research, the research isn't... Um, I wouldn't say overwhelming. Um, we certainly don't have much research in relation to the coronavirus um, in terms of focusing on our immune health. But um, in terms of the, the common cold virus, um, in terms of the influenza virus, we do have some research that shows that taking some practical lifestyle-related strategies can help to enhance our immune health and, and make us less susceptible to the um, to effects of these these viruses. So, what would what would be the uh, some of those lifestyle you know changes that you would recommend? Uh, people to take? Yeah, look, Lyle, probably one of the biggest ones, and I hope you did this last night, but um, is get a good night's sleep. Um, we know that um, getting a good night's sleep um, helps to increase our resistance towards viral infections. Um, it also improves outcomes. So if you do catch a, a cold or a flu, we tend to recover more quickly. There's even an interesting study that found that um, people who get adequate sleep tend to get a better immune response um, after being vaccinated. Now, as you know, we don't yet have a vaccine for the um, for the coronavirus, but when one does come along, you want to get a good night's sleep before you get um, vaccinated with that particular virus. There was an interesting study done looking at the rhinovirus. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the rhinovirus is the commonest cause of the common cold. And uh, what they did in this particular study was they... They tracked people's sleep for, for seven days and then actually inoculated them with some nasal drops that contains the, the rhinovirus. 
Now, I don't know who signs up for these kinds of experiments, but... Um, <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Definitely not with the coronavirus. Um, then they tracked them for five days. And what they found was that those individuals who had slept for an average of less than five hours per day in the preceding seven days were four and a half times more likely to develop a cold compared with those who slept more than seven hours a night. So that good reason to make sure you're getting adequate sleep at night in terms of, um, in terms of sleep health. So for people that are locked in their homes and they can't yeah. go anywhere, I imagine there's plenty of opportunity to sleep. Um, is it amount of sleep or is it quality of sleep that we're talking about? Yeah, it, it seems to be primarily amount of sleep in terms of the research I looked at. But, um, you know, clearly quality of sleep, would, you, you would think, would play a role as, as well. But um, in the studies I looked at, they're looking primarily at duration of sleep. Sure, yeah. Because I'm just sort of thinking, you know, people locked away at homes, they're not going to be getting any exercise. And, of course, that's going to impact the, the, the quality of your sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, just on that, Lyle, um, it, it's probably worth really being... I guess stressing the importance of maintaining routines during the coronavirus. So particularly if you're tucked away indoors, um, it's easy for routines to get out of whack a bit. Um, you know, watching TV late at night, um, sleeping in the morning, those kind of things. So for people who do have, do have sleep issues, it seems that routine is particularly important. So waking up at the same time every morning, trying to go to bed at the same time every night, having a wind-down routine before you go to bed to unwind. These are some ways you can help to ensure you get a good night's sleep. Some of the things I've seen floating around is, uh, like, for instance, vitamin C. And I've noticed a lot of people just sort of overdosing on vitamin C. Is this um, something that we should uh, be pursuing? Yeah, look, there's, there's, there's a study taking place right now on vitamin C in China um, in relation to the coronavirus. But look, in terms of supplementation, whether it's vitamin C or zinc or any these other supplements, we really don't have much data on that in terms of showing any benefits um, significantly. We think there's maybe some research suggesting it may help with um, decreasing risk of common cold and shortening, shortening duration of, of, of cold symptoms, but um, nothing in relation to the coronavirus. Um, I think the biggest bang for your buck you get from really focusing on a lifestyle-related strategy is getting adequate sleep at night, good nutrition from a whole wide variety of, of, of plant-based foods, different colours, and um, also from getting adequate exercise. Fantastic. Dr. Paul Wood, uh, thank you so much for joining us here this morning on Faith FM. We're going to have to move on with the show, but the information that you've shared is invaluable. Would love to get you on the show again uh, some other time, but right now we do need to move on. This is The Welcome Wagon Wagon, uh, by Remedy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. you 
from him.